Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. This is Itzhak Perlman's exquisite vibrato on Bach's first violin sonata. He was mature by the time he made this recording, 30 years into a career that started before his bar mitzvah. Perlman doesn't like the word prodigy, but it's hard to avoid. At three, he was practicing scales on a toy violin. At four, he was studying with a great master. At 13, he was whisked away from his native Israel to the United States to be on The Ed Sullivan Show. He won admission to Juilliard that same year. From prodigy to master, and finally national treasure, for 60 years his life was a blur of world tours and TV specials, playing for the Queen and given a place of honor on the program for Obama's inauguration. Yet, Itzhak Perlman had a difficult childhood, stricken by polio in the war-torn early days of Israeli statehood. Now he gives back at every opportunity, including through the Perlman Music Program. Founded by his wife, Toby, the summer school is located on idyllic Shelter Island, giving talented kids of every background the chance to study with the world's greatest musicians. You'll meet Toby and a couple of former students at the end of the program. You'll even hear the students play a virtuoso movement from Mendelssohn's Octet. The whole crew join me live on stage at the NYU Skirball Center in Greenwich Village. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Doc Perlman. Now, before we get into the, 
the real uh, grist here. You grist. and I were talking what backstage. What is grist? The grist, you know, the real essence of oh, it. Grist. Uh, I um, like that. The uh, uh, so this is a burning question I have. What's your favorite guilty pleasure go-to food or snack late at night? Oh, late at night. I, now that I'm old, there's no food after eight o'clock. You know, if, if I pay for it, if I if oh, you I, can't eat I, after I, eight. I can eat it, but then in the middle of the night, oh, you give out. Give out. So, so uh, no, 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 no food. But you grew up. Uh, food uh, was everything. Food was everything. Yeah. Very, very guiding force in your life because you grew up kind of poor, correct? Very. Now, no, 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 what did your dad do? You grew up in Tel Aviv. Yes. What was your father? What was his occupation? Well, my father did all sorts of things. You know, he was, uh, they immigrated, he immigrated from Poland to Israel, you know, and uh, no profession really. So he did, he picked oranges in an orchard. He went into construction. Anything, he just got any job. He was not, you know, he did not have a particular skill. So he just did whatever it is and he learned on the job. And then when he met my mother, they somehow got a hold of a barber shop and she knew how to cut hair, but she taught him how to do that. So he did that as well. So he did like everything that he had to do to make a living. How many, how many siblings did you have? I'm an only child. Only child? Yes. Uh, I always ask people who have a career similar to your career, if you understood... They, they have careers similar to my career? Well, not really. Actually, no. Really? There aren't many. There aren't many. But it's anybody, but anybody who was a young person, who, especially in this world you're in, where they, they cultivate them very young, and, and in sports, too, where they get these kids when they're 10 years old, and they kind of know that they're heading to the NBA or the NFL or whatever. But you're a very young child, uh, and I'm wondering... Do you know what you're going through when you're a young child, or are you too busy doing it to well, understand what you're inside of when you're getting shot through this rocket to become this famous? Well, musician? when I look, when I was young, uh, my parents thought that I had a good ear because I could repeat everything, you know, by singing it. And then I said I want to play the violin, and I think they told me that I had a nice sound. So that was the, if you want to call it the unusual thing about the way I played, I had an, a nice sound. You were playing on what? Didn't you have like a toy violin? Or well, a... I just started with a toy, which I didn't like, so I quit that. And then I was playing on something. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't anything spectacular. How old were you? I started really when I was like almost five, four, four and three quarters, almost five years old. Do you know why? Old. What made you do I that? I want it. I want it. I like the sound. I love the sound of the violin. I heard it on the radio. And I said, that's what I want to do. Simple. That's what I want to do. And, and there's no explanation. You know, everybody has a different thing that they hear and it sort of grabs their imagination. Yeah. And the violin sound was that. And I think it was Heifetz, so he was pretty good for grabbing the imagination, you know? Well, when I was a kid, I saw Butch Cassidy. And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to rob trains. <laughs> Very impressionable when we're young. But when you're five years old... What's the difference between when you teach a five-year-old and a 10-year-old? I don't teach that young. You know, there right. are people who specialize. And then you can tell basically uh, something about technique, you know, something about what kind of hands do they have. You know, it reminds me sometimes, you know, you, you see young baseball players, you know, and they say they've got soft hands, you know, when they catch the ball, that's soft hands. Well, something like this is similar when you, when you play. You can see that somebody can get around the violin pretty naturally. 
even though it's not finished or anything like this. But at an early age, you can already see it. So that gives you an inclination as to what's in the future. But of course, you don't know what's in the future. You just and, and for me, I personally feel that when I hear somebody play at a young age, let's say even 10, 11, 12 years old, if they play age appropriately, I'm very happy. What I mean by age appropriate is that you can, if you close your eyes, you think that that's a young person. You know, there is there is hope. There is you know there is talent there, and and but it's young. You hear, it. as opposed to listening to sometimes if you put on uh, on the internet, you know, you hear people who are five, six, seven years old who sounds like like they're twenty five years old. You know, like amazing, and that I find sometimes is challenging, because. If you're 12 and you sound like you're 25, what, what are you going to sound like when you're 18 or 19? You know, that's, that's, and that I worry about because that's very, very come difficult. come too quickly. Exactly. You know, and, what, and how do you teach this person? Okay, and according to your philosophy, at what age do you start to get a little tougher with them when they're how old? Well, it's not a question of being tough. It's a, I, Whatever I, word you use. Well, look, everybody has their own uh, sort of schedule of development. You know, sometimes you hear somebody at the age of 12 who just sound basic, not very, very good. But you hear something there. And so you have to know what to say and what not to say. I, I'd like to just insert that. You know, what's the uh, great secret of a good teacher is not only knowing what to say, but knowing what not to say. And especially what not to say when somebody that has great gift and great musical musical naturalness. And those that have that great gift and that natural You leave ability, them alone. You do. You leave them alone. You don't want to hurt their feelings. Uh, no, no, you don't want to hurt them. <laughs> no, it's not their feelings. It's you don't want to futz around. You know, you don't want to, you know, just let the natural uh, ability, the natural talent develop. And usually things get better as you grow older, you know, without having to really nitpick with everything and that's that's i find is 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 a danger because you know when a teacher has such incredible talent in front of them you know they they want to give you their all so then they become too picky leave it alone just leave it alone during what years did you study with goldgart i studied with her from the age of five until i was 13 you studied with her for eight years eight years and then you came to the united states right. to do sullivan when you yep. were 13 years old yes now when you came to do Sullivan. I find that unbelievable. When you came to do Sullivan and you're 13 years old, yes. did you have any idea who Sullivan was? This was your first Absolutely trip to the U.S.? Absolutely not. I had no you idea. There was some weird no guy idea. with like you shoe know, polish came, in his head. Exactly. No, no. I, yeah. I, I didn't know how he, how he looked or anything. I just, I, I, I just in Israel, they talked about because when we came to, to Israel to audition a whole bunch of people uh, to go on his show, they said uh, there they didn't call him Sullivan. They called him Sullivan. Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Who is Ed Sullivan? I don't know Ed Sullivan. Oh, television. Oh, my. Oh, I said, okay, television. I said, the minute I heard television, I said, I'm in. So I, so I auditioned, you know, and then I was chosen. You know, there was, there they was, sent people over to audition musicians yes. in Israel for oh, Sullivan? Yes, because for Sullivan? He, he wanted, Ed Sullivan wanted a show only of the Israeli, uh, uh, pardon my accent, only of the Israeli people. So it was a variety. He was a great Jew, Ed Sullivan, it was, wasn't yes. he? <laughs> Going back to the homeland, bringing yeah, the kids there, over. Well, there some people thought his name was Ed Solomon, but right. we changed it to Ed Sullivan. <laughs> it might have been. But, but, you know, so the whole show was an Israeli variety show. 
you've seen his show. You know, he had everybody. He had a monkey dancing, and then he had yeah. somebody playing the violin and so on. In this particular case, it was a pair of um, uh, folk singers, and there was... Topo, Gigio. Uh, no, there were, we didn't have Topo, and no we didn't topo have then? Gigio. Okay. We didn't have them. But we had a ballet dancer who was 14. We had a coloratura soprano from Yemen. I think I was in the department of... Uh, human interest story or chubby story. I don't know what I was, what I was, but I was cute, I think, sort you of. You were very cute. I was cute. Thank you, you very, so much. Oh my Thank God, you. you were so cute. I've Thank seen you. the footage. I know, I was so cute. So when you so come cute. over, you'd never been to the U.S. before. No. Your mother comes with you. Yes. And you perform on Sullivan. Yes. Do you remember what that was like doing the show? It was uh, slightly exciting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. No, it was it was very exciting, you know, and so I I kind of played, and it was very it was over very quickly, you know, because I did the last movement of the Mendelssohn Concerto, uh, and they cut it down to about I think two two minutes and forty five seconds because that was it, and uh, and he introduced me. He was a lovely gentleman, really very very nice. And then what happened after you did Sullivan? Uh, I we went on a tour. Uh, in the U.S. In the U.S., oh, the entire group that did Sullivan, we went on a, on a tour. For uh, how long? Months? For, yeah, about three, three or four months. Around you know? the country? Yeah, yeah. And at the end and of that the, tour? And at the end of the tour, I went, I, well, the main thing, uh, the, the, the challenge was to, to get into the Juilliard School. And that was one who was, was doing you know, it. Was, it. Was that a plan for you to go to Juilliard? Yes. When you were back in Israel before Sullivan? No. Had it always been in well, your before or only Sullivan, when you arrived? Before Sullivan, it was a dream to go to Juilliard, but Sullivan made it. But you were aware it, of Juilliard? Uh, yes, right. I was aware of Juilliard, and there was a, a teacher there who taught uh, Juilliard that I heard about in Israel by the name of Galamian. And so we said, one of these days, maybe you'll study with Galamian. him. Galamian. So, Galamian, yeah. Ivan Galamian, yeah. yes. His assistant at that time was Dorothy DeLay, and she came and uh, heard me play. And uh, she thought that I had a good chance. You had a good sound. I had a good sound, you know. That, that was my forte, is the sound. By then you were how old? 14? 13, no, no, 13, 13 and a half, 14, so yeah. So right around the same self yeah, period. Yeah. So what was it like for you? you? You'd never lived in New York. I mean, again, this idea of being like shot out of a cannon to have this spectacular career, this big ticket career. You're, on, you're 13 years old, you're on Sullivan, you're touring the country, you're going to go to Juilliard. What was your recollection of that? Was it intimidating or you don't have time to think about that? I, I didn't really think about it because it wasn't really, uh, look, it wasn't like a professional career. It was a specialized career, you know. In other words, to play, for, for, it was an Ed Sullivan concert. It wasn't like I was playing a recital someplace, you know, or I was making my debut in Carnegie Hall or anything like that. It was a specialized kind of concert, you know. And I used to play um, also, I used to play uh, for uh, Jewish benefits, you know, for the UJ. And they, they knew about me, you know, because the whole organization, the Jewish organization, knew about this Sullivan program. So they used some of the people for fundraising. And I was, you know, sometimes I was, uh, I would be called at the telephone. I would be hired to do 15 minutes or 10 minutes in the, at the end of the fundraising, you know. And uh, I would appear probably like 11 o'clock at night. You know, and I would play the Nigun by Bloch and the Flight of the Bumblebee, and that was it. And then I would leave, and and I would get I would get paid, you know, and it was it was great. You know, I, w I played while the people were eating their desserts and of kosher food and things like that. So. And was it the same people? Like one day, one night, you do Flight of the Bumblebee, and somebody says he was better at Jerry's bar mitzvah. <laughs> So I, much I, better. I never did bar mitzvahs. No, no, you didn't. I never did bar mitzvahs, and I didn't Just do. Just UJ. And I didn't do weddings. No weddings. No weddings. 
Absolutely, you know. Now, when you leave and you come to, to the United States, when you left for the Sullivan trip, was it assumed you were going to go home, or did you kind of no, know? You knew no, you weren't going home. No, we, I knew that I was going you to stay. You were going back. I was going to stay. Really? And to what happened? Where'd your dad go? My dad stayed for about a year in Israel and finished uh, uh, selling the apartment and doing the business, and then he came and joined us. You know, I, I even remember, you know, I did not see my dad for a year. And the only way to get in touch was through letters. And then a bit later on, you know, maybe after about five, six, seven, eight months, we actually were able to arrange for a long-distance call from New York to Tel Aviv, you know. And at that time, so you're talking about 1959, 58, 59. So it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, and the phone rings, and, and I thought, hello. I said, hello? And that was the connection. You know, that was the connection. And, you know, we had... I'm going to cry. Absolutely. And we had in our street where I lived, we had no phone. So what we had was there was a grocery store that had the telephone. So whoever wants to make a long-distance call would go to the grocery store mm. and we pick up. So that's, so that's what it but was. But you knew you were going to stay. Yes, yes. I learned the language from watching... TV and, uh, you know, listening to, to Yankee baseball. You spoke with very little English. Well, no, no, hardly. I took a class of English in Israel. I think I failed. But it, it's amazing how quickly you learn, you know, when you hear the, the language around you all the time. And you, were in, you went to Julia, what, for how many years? Let's see, until I think 19 or I was 19 or 20, I think. To four years. Because I, because I still, I remember still... Uh, doing concerts and having to go to class. And, uh, you know, sometimes I was late to a class and I got hell to pay, you know, because I just took a flight from Los Angeles. Give me a break, you know. But, no, but you didn't go to English class, you know, you have to be there. So, but I was, you know, I, so I did both things for a while. And then I graduated. And is it literally your hand and your brain, the way they connect? Was it a passion and a spirit that you have inside you also that helps you play the violin well, the I, way I, that you when do? When you talk about having a good sound, what does that mean, having a good sound? It means that you play the violin and you hear a, a particular sound and that's you. It's, it's something that's individual. That's all it is. It's not like I'm not going to practice so that I'm going to get a good sound. I'm talking about the tone, actually, the, the tone, which deals with the beauty of the sound. Sound, of course, is technical. My teachers worked on it, you know, how you use the bow, you know, where you put the bow between the strings, and, and you know, what's the direction of the bow, the bow speed, etc., etc. That's the, it's a healthy t sound. But the beauty of the tone is something that every person has differently. It's an individual they gotta thing. they got to bring what they bring. Yeah, you cannot teach that. There are certain things you cannot teach. And where do you think your sound comes from? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. It's, it's something that I hear. You had polio when you were how old? I had polio when I was four and three quarters. So you know do you that? find that music become you imbue that with even more of your being and your spirit because you were limited in the things you could do as a child? I no. don't think so. I'm getting everything wrong with you, aren't yeah, I? Everything. But, everything it, I'm saying, but it's going, good. No, that's not it. No, but, but no. You're, but no. You're, you're batting a Actually, thousand. No. That's good. No. 
Well, you're doing good, you know. I mean, Thank because you. I, you know, no, it's no. Seriously, I, I just, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I couldn't say to you, well, let me see how I'm playing without the polio, and now let's see how I'm playing with the polio. I can't no, no, say. But, but, I can't say no, but that. I'm wonder, but I'm wondering if you, you know, that, that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> sorry, I'm giving you such a hard time, so I'm so sorry. No, no, I mean, I knew this was coming. I've been around you a few times. It's, it's, always, it's always an obstacle course. But anyway, the, the, um, uh, but, but no, what I'm saying is, is that do you think the spirit of the person, is that relevant? No. I don't know. I love to watch people who are famous, like whether they're actors or, or uh, people in sports, and sort of try and guess what kind of people they are in private. You know, and... Uh, and being good and being a wonderful person and being a sort of a, an agreeable, simpatico kind of person is not necessarily together. You know, I remember my wife always, you know, sometimes we go to a concert and we hear somebody who is absolutely amazing. And, and I say, Toby, come on, let's go backstage and say hello. And she said, I'd rather not. You know, I, I, I don't want to be disappointed. I love the way this person plays. And just let's, let's not do it. Let me just relax and, and just enjoy it. Uh, you, many, many people who conduct, and I'd love to get your opinion of this, many people who conduct are people who have good careers as a, a soloist. They play typically the violin or the piano. But they don't necessarily have great careers. And then, but someone taps them on the shoulder and says, oh, you keep time very well, and they move them on. No, but I mean, I mean every, every one of them I would talk to would say that to me. I'd say, uh, uh, you know, Dutrois, this one. They'd say, somebody walked up to me when I was like 10 years old and said, you keep time very well. Yeah. And they moved them into the conducting program. What I thought they moved them into the viola section. I mean, I <laughs> That's our ad for the show, right? No, 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 no. I must tell you that viola jokes are no longer uh, applicable because the level of viola playing has really risen, seriously. So that you said viola... What do you attribute that to? No, it's really viola, viola jokes. You know, it used to be that the, the level was a little bit below, but right now it's brilliant. I mean, so many brilliant viola players. Wow. So that it's not... But it's still funny, you know, so... <laughs> Violin legend Itzhak Perlman has a special place in his heart for the New York Philharmonic. He and then music director Alan Gilbert teamed up for the Phil's opening gala a few years ago. And here comes our guest soloist Itzhak Perlman, followed by music director of the New York Philharmonic, Alan Gilbert. Gilbert found out he got the job from the Phil's president, Zarin Mehta, after a particularly miserable bedtime for his toddlers. We had had a torturous night, and they'd finally fallen asleep, and I got a call from Zarin Mehta just after they had fallen asleep. And he said, I'd like to invite you to be our next music director. And I said, my kids just fell asleep. I can't talk to you now. <laughs> but oh my then I called him back, and we had a I want to put that scene in a movie where a guy's like, more than being the music director of the Philharmonic, I want my kids to go to sleep. Yeah, Click. totally. We all, we all know the madness of that moment. Yeah. The rest of my conversation with conductor Alan Gilbert at heresthething.org. Coming up, Itzhak Perlman on Alan and Gilbert's art, What Makes a Great Conductor? Plus, his wife Toby Perlman on their music school, and the next generation of great masters takes on Mendelssohn and my questions.
Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Itzhak Perlman didn't bring his famous Stradivarius. He says playing takes more effort now than it used to. As you get older, everything becomes more difficult and more demanding. Uh, and, really? Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you do a great piece, you can do it over and over again. Right. And no matter how, I mean, for me, I mean, a perfect example is the Beethoven Violin Concerto, which is not getting any easier as you get older. Because, but, it's not, it, but it's very, very difficult when you're young as well. It's tough. It's, I, I call it, when, when my students start the, the piece, I say, welcome to the lifetime journey. Because right. that's what it is. You know, you start to play and it's pretty good. And then you play it again and you play it again and you just grow up with it. So that's, that's what music is about. And the minute you think musically like that, especially when you repeat something, you're on the right track. Instead of saying, oh, I have to do that again. No, but, you know, you have to look at the music and you have to say, this is going to be yet another experience. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be one way or, one, or another way, but it's not going to be a repetition of what I did a week ago or a month ago. When you want to sit down, assuming that you do this, I don't want to assume, but when you want to listen to someone else play the violin that you admire and you admire their sound, give us an example of somebody you listen to. Um, Who's a violinist you love? For pure tone, uh, the first person that comes to mind is Fritz Kreisler. Uh, uh, you know, you, you listen to uh, old recordings of, of hymns. And you think, you know, of those days, the, you know, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't uh, the great uh, advancement in technology and, and so on. It's that you, you hear scratches, 
you hear the tone and you say, oh my God, that is something unbelievable. Mm. You know, or, you know, Menuhin had a fantastic sound. I mean, everybody had a different kind of sound, but sometimes sounds, it's apples and oranges, you know, I mean, but that the first person that, that I hear of that kind of sound is, is his. But you can say, hello. It's, <laughs> this is a very dear friend of mine, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I thought Do you it know was... that story about the Mahler 9 with Alan at Lincoln Center? And they get down to the end. I mean, they talk about squeezing it to death. I mean, they're squeezing the end of the Mahler 9. It's like... It's like, it's like this cosmic soup. And the guy's phone goes off. And he's sitting there going... And no one in his office told him he had a new phone. And oh, that's right. You can't, and you cannot, you cannot close it. And they put an alarm it. on it. Yeah. And the alarm, and finally, Alan stops the performance. They stopped the end of the Mahler 9. So and that was a very up. special Mahler 9. That it, was a, a memorable. It was, it was like a... about squeezing it. Yes, it was like a sausage. It had, it had two endings. Now tell me... Now, you, you conduct? Yes. And, and w w when did that begin, and why? It began, I'll tell you, it's very funny, it began with the Perlman Music Program. Uh, my wife, uh, who started this whole thing, she said to me, we're going to have a string orchestra, could you coach them? So I didn't think of myself as a conductor, I thought of myself as a coach. So I picked up a pencil and conducted with a pencil, you know, because if you conduct with a baton, you're a conductor. With a pencil, you're more of a teacher, you see that thing? <laughs> And anyway, so that's actually when it started. And I got some, interesting, again, I got some nice sounds from the orchestra. Conducting, I find very mysterious, you know, because you can have four or five conductors who are absolutely excellent, and each one gives you a downbeat, and the orchestra will sound different with each one. What do you attribute that to? I have no idea, thank God. What do you think makes a good conductor? Oh, well, obviously knowing the score and knowing all of this thing. But in the final analysis, there is a mystery as to what makes somebody conduct a phrase and the orchestra play a certain way. I don't understand that. You know, uh, a great conductor should understand what he or she wants to hear from the orchestra. So if I do, let's say, a Beethoven or a Brahms symphony, what do you say to a great orchestra who have performed that hundreds of times. Right. How do you get the orchestra to hear pa 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 and say, hey, that's really good stuff? <laughs> as, as, a, as opposed to, I, again? Again. You know, so that's, that's, that's the Four difference. Four notes for crying yeah. out Well, it's, your, it's my own rendition of what, what I want, what I want to hear. So if you say to me, it's high tink doing this smaller piece, he right. paces it up, which I don't like. Right. And if you show me that it's Gergiev, he squeezes every drop out of it. How could one movement be almost two minutes longer with someone else conducting? Easily. And it's easily. I mean, yeah. they just squeeze yeah. it. And yeah, I like it but, also, but also, if it's too slow, it doesn't mean that it's bad. And if it's too fast, it doesn't mean that it's bad. If it works, there is no such thing as the right tempo. If you hear that it's too fast, then maybe there's something in your background that you're not used to it. Now, tell everybody the idea. How did the school start? It was Toby's idea, my wife Toby's idea. It was her dream because we met 
in a school, uh, in a summer program. During Juilliard? During Juilliard, sure, of course. And so she started this whole thing, you know, and uh, it was actually 25 years ago. So this is our 25th anniversary for the Perlman Music Program. And uh, yes. And, uh, and it was, it was uh, basically for strings. And I think we had kids come to our house in Long Island and practice scales. And, uh, you know, like at 8 o'clock in the morning, you said, Toby thought that was the greatest alarm clock. And, but we're now in uh, Shelter Island. Right. <laughs> now, the people, whether it's the young program or the 18 and over program, yeah. are they, is it free of charge and you're raising money to pay for the whole people? We never, we never, we never refuse, we never refuse for lack of funds. We give a lot of people uh, scholarships, scholarships yeah. and some, uh, some more, some less and so on. And some, if they want to pay, they can pay. But it, it really doesn't matter because, you know, the, the expense of the program is so that even if we were to um, charge everybody equally, we'll still be in the, in the red. Severely, <laughs> severely, yeah. believe me, severely. But it's great. And the program has not grown on purpose. Right. You know, we started with about 38, 39 kids, and we still have 38, 39 kids for the Littles program. And it's, and it, and it's amazing. It's, it's very difficult to describe unless you it go is. there yeah. and just well, give the experience. We have kids playing twice a week, uh, uh, works in progress. We call it whips, you know, where they try new pieces in front of an audience and so on. It's, it's, it's great. And I've been, listen, I, during the summers, I don't play concerts. I just teach there yeah. and with, with other great, great faculty. And we have, you know, the philosophy of a lack, once you're in that program, a lack of competition between the kids. You know, they all support each other. And for me, that's so important, you know, that, that you know, when somebody plays well, they are truly happy for them. And when somebody messes up, they go and they console them and, and they really feel for them. It's, 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 a, it's a real family. Yeah, it's so important. It's a great vibe. Itzhak Perlman's wife, Toby Perlman, please come and join us, Toby. And please welcome Rachel Lee Priday and Randall Goosby. Thank you, thank you. Toby. Yeah. Your husband has so kindly dumped the responsibility of explaining to her all about the school to you. So how did it start? I want to say something else first. Go right ahead. <laughs> I want to say something about the sound. He doesn't know. It's like breathing. You don't think about each breath that you take. You just do it. And I breathe a little differently than you. The sound that he makes comes from, I don't know, magic or some, something that I don't understand, unique to him, and that's the only kind of sound he can make. I'm stuck with it. Right. So, okay, now, ask me a question. I'll... Oh, I love that. I, I believe that. I believe in something otherworldly uh, inside you. But, so the school started when? 25 years ago, the school started. It started because I went to a meeting. I was invited to a meeting out in the Hamptons. Uh, people wanted to start a music festival. I wasn't really interested at all. And I said that up front, but I went and there was the talk, 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 talk. And somebody said, and we could have a school. And I said, oh, I could do that. I'd like to do that. And that was maybe March, and in August we ran a two-week program. And where did you run the program initially? 
We ran it at Boys Harbor. Do you sure. know you know where yeah. that is? Yep, and they had snakes in the rooms, and there was no hall to play in. So it was the, exciting. The dining room was the concert hall, and yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. also had uh, the food. Should we, should we talk about the food? No. What food did you serve in the early days of the school? Mystery meats. Mystery meats. <laughs> now, for Rachel... Now, you are not at the school anymore. You went to the school, correct? Yeah, I went to the Perlman Music Program beginning in 2001. Right. And, you, and how many summers were you there? I was there at the Littles Program for six years, and then I went to the Chamber Workshop, and I also attended their Sarasota Winter Program. How old were you when you knew you had a little special something in the musical department? How, long did, how old were you? Well, so I actually asked for a violin for my fourth birthday. I saw it on TV on Lamb Chop's Play Along. And And then what happened? The day rolled around, and I had sort of forgotten about it, but in the middle of the day, I think in the afternoon or something, I suddenly remembered, and then I was like, where's my violin? And I got really upset. And I started crying, and then I think my mom knew I was really serious about it. So when I was about four and a half, she finally got me one. What about you? Um, I started a little bit older when I was seven. Um, (laughs) Father time over here. Yeah. Um, My mother is Korean, and she grew up in Japan, and um, music education is a very big part of their culture, and so she wanted me to have music, and for some random reason I chose violin. You're going to school where now? At Juilliard now. You're at Juilliard now. And you talk about Perlman, how nurturing it is, and how it's like a family. Would you say that Juilliard's the same way? Mm. Or is it a little more... <laughs> 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 told you to ask me that. <laughs> Ju- Juilliard's a little more competitive. Is... It's safe to say, yeah, a little bit. But, um, <laughs> I mean, so many... I mean, mo- most of the people I hang out with at Juilliard, I met at PMP. So I still have my... My sort of family. <laughs> you got out of that. Yeah, that worked out well. And he said what he said about making a certain sound. Do you feel that you have a sound? Or are you developing I guess by Mrs. Sound? P's definition, yes. Right. Like Mrs. P said, it's kind of second nature. It's like breathing. So we, we kind of focus on the, the difficult stuff. I disagree. You have to work on your sound. I mean, I think all our video nights and studio class really, you know, nailed that in my head <laughs> that you need to work on your sound. And what's sound. the goal for you? What do you want to do? What do I want to do? Yeah. Well, for me, I love solo playing. I love working with recital partners, with pianists, and I love chamber music, and I also love teaching. So for me, having a variety of activities really is the most satisfying. How have, would you say, for both of you, how have the students changed who were coming through the program in the 25 years you've been doing it? I can tell you that in terms of applicants and admissions, the level is higher and higher and higher and higher. Right. It's like everything else. The kids throw a ball faster and hit the tennis ball faster and run faster and swim faster and play faster and better. Right. Amazing. Now, now uh, we're going to bring out six other people who've been playing the violin since they were 18 months old. <laughs> uh, let's get them out here. And then when we're done performing, we're going to end. We're going to end with this music. Here they come. Great.
That was Itzhak Perlman, his wife and Perlman music program founder Toby, and their brilliant violin students Rachel Lee Priday and Randall Goosby. 
The artists who made up the octet were Rachel and Randall, plus Stella Chen and Kenneth Renshaw, also on violin, Chaley Smith and Joshua Kale on viola, Nico Olarte Hayes and Ichun Su on cello. The piece was the presto from Mendelssohn's octet Opus 20 in E-flat major recorded live at NYU's Skirball Center in Manhattan. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now right rug flooring